I'm one of those music fans who loves still going out and physically buying CDs. I like to take it home, listen to it from beginning to end. Considering, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy exactly for on more than one occasion. So my question to you is this: Um, You know, I'm a good friend with Brent Arns. He said to say hello. He um, has taught me a lot about the music industry. But from your opinion, what do you think you guys could have, as a whole of a label, done differently? moving forward now with all of the file sharing and all that, is there anything you guys could have in retrospect done differently to make things have gone maybe down a different path than it did? Well, let me just preface my answer by saying by the time all of the highly publicized disputes happened with Napster and uh, the period where they considered suing some people who were doing illegal downloading and all of the other things that have been talked about and written about, I was out of the majors. You know, I, I left in, uh, in uh, 2000, uh, so, so all of that drama happened, uh, starting a few years later. So I don't have any uh, defensiveness about it because I was never in a single meeting or conversation at the majors. The internet was a very new thing when I was there and, you know, uh, it was, it was a secondary promotional platform like fanzines or something like that. But it, it, no one, while I was there, no one had any idea that it was going to be, you know, this thing that we're now part of, um, so I, 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 I was not in a single meeting at any record company about what to do about it. So, uh, and, and I, I went from there to, uh, you know, I had a year away from the music business. I was in the radio business for a year, and then I came back to, to management. Uh, and, uh, you know, I haven't been in a big label in, you know, at least 15 years. So, but I do think th- that probably there's very little that could have been done. I mean, there were things that could have been done that might have gotten uh, better publicity than some of the decisions that were made. Uh, I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, in retrospect, you know, it's easy in the heat of battle, you do things. I, but, but in terms of the fundamental change in the, the economics of the business, um, I always say when people ask me that question, look at the newspaper business. Newspapers had a hundred times more political power than record companies did. You know, every congressman cared what his local newspaper or her local newspaper said about them. And they had uh, centuries of uh, interaction with the elites of, 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 of the society. Uh, and they were wiped out, you know, because the, the wave of technology combined with the financial power of the uh, software and computer business and the uh, bankers behind them and the... Uh, way that politics and laws are made in this country where people with a lot of money can lobby things through. It was just, I, I don't think there's anything that could have been done. Uh, and I, I, and we were certainly not the industry, the magazine and, 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 uh, and the newspaper industry were hurt even more than, than, than the record business. Uh, the record business has clung on uh, and uh, there are some people that think it's going to have a rebirth in the next decade as streaming matures. Um, so those were some very smart people in completely different businesses that couldn't figure it out. I just think that the, uh, the combination of the convenience factor being so attractive to people, uh, and the, um, and the, uh, uh, just sheer muscle that, that these other businesses had compared to the computer business, the record business is like one, one hundredth as big. I mean, to me, one of the big moments was uh, I, I don't know if you remember there was this moment when um, when uh, com- home computers suddenly had uh, CD burners 
Yep. And you go into Tower Records, and in the front, there were stacks of hundreds and hundreds of blank CDs. And, of course, we knew that people weren't buying all those things just to record their own band in a garage. They were, one kid would buy the new Kiss record or whatever the big record was at the time and make 10 copies for their friends. And that existed because a law passed Congress. The, you know, it was, it, was, it was not legal, and they made it legal. They, they had the lobbyists. They had the firepower. The Record Industry Association of America you know, I was on the board of the RIAA for several years when I was at the Warner Labels. I was the Warner representative to the board because I was the guy that liked going to Washington more. And, you know, it was this suite of offices. It was like maybe 20, 25 people there. And then, you know, the movie industry had an entire building and they'd have the senators in and watch screenings. And the computer business owned a lot of the buildings. I mean, they were just IBM and Dell. These were multi-billion dollar companies. They just dwarfed uh, the the political power of the record company. So I just don't think anything could have been done. I think that uh, that uh, you, you know, no matter who was running these labels, uh, I don't think they could have uh, withstood the uh, political and technological and financial wave of history any more than the people that owned uh, the newspapers. And you look at the great newspapers that used to exist that are gone. The magazines that used to exist that are gone. It can't be everybody was stupid. I just think it was a moment in history where things uh, changed the way when cars came along. If you were in the horse and buggy business, no matter how smart you were, you know, uh, people like start to like cars more. But that's a great answer, though, because that was one of the things I had never considered or had with any anybody, con you know, when we were talking about this is that really how much the larger companies like IBM or Microsoft or whatever, they literally that's operation in bill was what really kind of took things over more than it was the mistakes that the labels made the economic value of microsoft which for years was the most valuable corporation in the world i think now apple has replaced it but these are the number one these are the biggest companies in the world compared to a record company it's like comparing a skyscraper to a farmhouse and uh by the way when microsoft was selling software they were quite good at enforcing the copyrights on those so on that software to this day, Microsoft Word, which I Still use, are. you know, you, you better pay them or they can turn it off remotely. You know, uh, they see. So the idea yeah. that it was technologically impossible to enforce a copyright on uh, intellectual property has never really rang true to me, given that the biggest company in the world of, of, the, of that era was a software company, all of which was copyright intellectual property. But I just think that's the way of the world, you know, things change. And in the 19th century, there were no recordings at all. There was plenty of great music and, you know, for all the centuries before that. And uh, I think streaming as a consumer, oh, my goodness, it's so fantastic. Anywhere I go, I can listen to anything I want. I mean, I understand why yeah. people like it. I wish there was a mechanism in the society to get artists paid better. And uh, eventually, I think the lawyers and the power of artists will, will tip back the balance of power the way it has in the past. But, uh, you know, I get why people want to stream music. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, those, uh, I, you know, there are people who like vinyl. There are people who still like CDs, but we're a minority. Yeah, it sort of seems like it. And I just want to see the artists get paid for their work, but I also want to see them get paid so they want to continue to create art and tour and well, play music. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the older artists, like Kiss doesn't sell any more records. They don't never ever need no. to sell another record as long as they live. They make their money doing concerts. But, but, uh, but younger artists, 
um, need the investment capital to develop a career. And uh, yeah, investment capital is just not there right now. Uh, so people figure it out. They get a day job. They have to have a level of commitment that's more intense than maybe people did 20 years ago. I mean, I'm a great believer that art and culture survive. They survived in the, uh, the other side of the Iron Curtain. You know, they somehow it survives. But uh, I don't think it's great that, that so much money has been withdrawn from the value of intellectual property. I hope eventually human beings figure out a way to reward creative people again, not just the people who write code, but also the people who write songs and books. But, uh, you know, we are where we are, and the idea, like what you're doing, you know, this show wouldn't exist without the Internet. So, you know, uh, and that's exciting, the the phenomenon of podcasts. There's been also creative explosions as a result of it. So you just go with the flow if, if you work with artists. If you're running a big company, uh, there's a lot of strategic things to think about. I'm not in that circle right now, but I think there's a lot of people that I know that are in senior levels of the music business are pretty optimistic about streaming maturing in the next five to ten years to the point where the revenue starts to approximate what CDs used to generate, which is what I more care about because then it creates the ability for people to take risks on artists and on marketing and not only sell things that already have a pre-existing audience. 